0: Well, it is good to be with you today, and it is going to be an amazing morning. We are in week two of this series we're calling Storyteller. And it's in reference to Jesus, the greatest storyteller that ever lived. Now, in this series, we're taking a look at these stories that Jesus would tell. Maybe uh, you know them in the Bible. Sometimes we'll refer to them as parables, now, when I was a kid growing up, going to like, uh, we worship in Sunday school classes. I don't know if any of you grew up in that kind of context where you went to that kind of stuff. But in, uh, in my Sunday school classes, uh, my teachers would always say that parables were earthly stories with heavenly meanings. And what they were talking about was the fact that Jesus would use these earthly things, these things that were familiar to other people, these things that made them feel like that they understood the story. They were simple. They could see themselves in the story. All right? So that's the earthly part. But that these stories had this deeper, richer meaning, that they were always pointing people to the heart of God. And so that's the deeper, uh, more heavenly meaning part. But Jesus was a master. At this. Even those who who didn't claim to be his follower or didn't buy all in on who Jesus was, they could not argue the fact that Jesus was this amazing teacher. He could captivate an audience with his teaching. And a lot of times it was because he would use these really rich stories where people could see themselves in the story. And so we're taking a look at a bunch of these. Throughout this series, some maybe that you're familiar with, some maybe that you're not as familiar with. Today, the parable that we're going to look at, uh, it does a couple things. One, it helps us connect with the heart of God, okay, so that's, that's important. Another thing that it does is, and a lot of Jesus's parables would do this, it points to what Jesus's kingdom here on earth looks like. All right, So Jesus will often refer, but when he'll tell these parables, he'll say, the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he'll tell his story. And when we hear heaven, we have this kind of knee-jerk reaction, a lot of us, and we think, after life. Okay, don't do that. Jesus' kingdom that he came here to earth to establish, it's right here, it's right now, and it is all around us. You see, Jesus came to rule as king. He came to establish his kingdom. And whether we can see it with our physical eyes or not, it is all around us. And it is people who follow Jesus' as king, living out Jesus' values, and so... A lot of times it can be countercultural. It can be different than the way that the rest of the world operates. But Jesus' kingdom is a real thing. And so Jesus' parables, they help connect his audience to the story. And they help reveal what the kingdom is all about. And so this parable that we're going to look at today, it does both of those things. And it's called the parable of the great banquet. And so as we look at it, our big idea that we want to unpack this morning is this. All are invited to the table. All are invited to the table. Okay, and so we're going to unpack a little bit more about what that means. But if you've got your Bible, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 14. And this is where we're going to spend a lot of time this morning and and looking at not only this parable that uh, that we had read in our bumper video, but also everything that kind of leads up to it. So in Luke chapter 14, Jesus is on his way to have dinner at this uh, well-known Pharisee's house. Now when I say Pharisee, that's kind of a, uh, that's a, that's a real deep Bible word and, and maybe you've heard it said before. But there's a good chance you have no idea exactly what a Pharisee is. Pharisee was a specific sect which then the Jewish faith think the Old Testament, the temple, all these different things. And, uh, and they were experts in the law. And when I say law, I mean the law that was handed down from God to Moses, think Ten Commandments, but not just that, everything that we read in the Bible, in the Old Testament, like in books like Leviticus, all right? And so we've got this law that the people of Israel were to adhere to. And so these Pharisees they were experts in this law and so they would read it and understand it and kind of hold people accountable to it but they were experts not just in the written law that we read about in the Bible but they were also experts in what we call oral tradition or the oral law and what that is is that uh, these group of people they were so afraid that somebody might break the law that somebody might step outside the boundaries of the law, that they began to do what we call hedge the law. That is that they would create this protective fence or barrier with unwritten laws to keep people away from breaking the actual laws. You understand what I'm saying? That they were so terrified that people might get close to burning their hand that they would create something to keep you from even getting close to the stove. And so, as this grew and got bigger and bigger, it kind of became oppressive towards people. You have a group of people that that aren't only holding people accountable to uh, the written law that God gave in Scripture, but now a lot of man-made laws that were just put in place to keep people away from the laws. Now, this mindset This Pharisaical mindset is really important because it kind of lays at the heart of the parable that we're going to look at later. This way that we view people. This way that we kind of uh, judge people and and hold people at a distance. Now, Jesus, when he came here to earth, he he stood against this kind of thinking. And, And he would often get into arguments he would confront this in Pharisees and in religious leaders and, uh, and hold them accountable for how they would constantly um, alienate people because of their oral traditions and their laws. So Jesus is going and he's going to, he's on his way to have dinner with this group of people. When they see someone on their way who is struggling, they're hurting, they're they're suffering from this ailment. And so in Luke chapter 14, if you've got your Bible and you want to uh, get there, you can use your phone app if you want to. We're going to start in verse 2 and just look at these uh, two verses, 2 through 4. It says, there in front of him was a man... Suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisee and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking a hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. So Jesus and these, uh, this Pharisee and some other people that are all going to the dinner they, they see someone on the roadside who is struggling with this uh, body swelling issue. And so Jesus asks the question, is it against the law of Moses for me to heal this man on the Sabbath? See, the Sabbath was uh, our Saturday. And it, is, uh, it was Jewish law that, uh, that you were to rest. You had to take that day and rest. And so the Pharisees, because of the call to rest, they began to make even more laws about what you could and couldn't do, what, what equated rest and what didn't, what equated work and what didn't. And so Jesus, in other places in the Gospels, had been accused of working on the Sabbath because he had healed people. And so Jesus just throws it out there to them. Is this work? Should I be uh, doing this? What's going to win over? Your, your love and compassion for people or your strict adherence to the law? Now hear me, I, I'm not advocating that we be lawbreakers. But what these Pharisees had done is they had twisted and distorted God's law into something that now is unrecognizable from where it intended. And so they lost all perspective of why God created these laws to begin with, because his laws were always about people, protecting people and raising people up. And so uh, Jesus has pointed out how flawed their thinking is. Jesus actually points out to them, he asks them this question right after this. He he says, if your child or one of your oxen fell into a hole on the Sabbath, would you just leave them there or would you attempt to go and rescue them? And again, they they don't get, Jesus doesn't get an answer back from them. They're just in silence because they have no words to say back. And so this is just the trip that they're taking to get to dinner. But all of this is going to help uh, make the parable that Jesus tells uh, later even more important. So on their walk to dinner, they finally arrive. And when they get there, Jesus begins to take notice of how these people interact at this dinner party. Check it out. We're going to s- jump in and we're going to look at verse 7 through verse 11 here. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You see, Jesus noticed something about this group of people these very distinguished guests, they all had way too high a value in their own minds of who they were. Every person sitting at this table believed that they were the most important person at the party. Nobody came in with a humble spirit. They were all jockeying for attention and jockeying for their own rank and place. And it points us to... uh, our big idea, all are invited to the table. Now, the important word here, obviously, is all. Jesus invites those who you might not think about inviting. Jesus invites those that you would rather not sit next to. Jesus invites those who you would rather ignore. All of us tend to cater to a certain type of people, There's those that we struggle to understand, those that we don't like being around. Could be how they act, could be how they dress, could be where they come from, could be how they vote, could be what they believe about certain subjects. And so we kind of uh, keep our distance from certain people or we hold grudges against certain people. And as we move through this upcoming uh, parable that Jesus is about to tell, there's something that we need to understand. Whatever person or people group that any of us have the biggest problem with, they're invited to the table of Jesus. All are invited to the table. And so Jesus is trying to relay this idea to those people at this party. This idea that uh, those who exalt themselves, he says... They're going to be humbled. But those who humble themselves, those are going to be exalted. Now, this is a truth that the world doesn't hold to. But this is a truth of the kingdom. This is a truth of Jesus' kingdom. This is how things operate within Jesus' world. So, we're here and uh, we're going to jump in, and uh, Jesus is going to. Turn his attention to the one hosting this party. Verse 12 Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Last week, we shared the parable of the Good Samaritan as we started this series. And it's a story that Jesus tells to answer the question Who is my neighbor? Now, the story highlights the actions of this man who's identified as a Samaritan. Now the people who would have heard this story would have been shocked to hear that it's the Samaritan that's doing this good work because Samaritans were hated. They were looked as outsiders. They were looked to be less than. They were people to be avoided. And so the fact that they were made to be the hero of this story would have rubbed people the wrong way. Jesus is challenging the thinking of people. He elevates those who live in the margins. And here at this dinner, Jesus looks around and he sees a bunch of privileged guests jockeying for attention who are elevating themselves and Jesus calls them out for it. When Jesus teaches using stories and metaphors, he's describing his kingdom and what it looks like and what it values In your kingdom, the one that you create, you invite your friends. You invite the people that you like. You invite the people that you align with. But in Jesus' kingdom, the one that he's came here to establish, he invites those that others ignore. Remember our big idea. All are invited to the table. So now Jesus gives this host some party advice. Who to invite and why? And there's this person at the party, and they kind of think that they understand what Jesus is trying to say, or they just want to say something witty. They, they like to hear themselves talk. I don't know, but, but he says something that's kind of profound. In Luke chapter 14, verse 15, he says this it says, when one of those at the table with him heard this. He said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Yes, it is a blessing to eat at the feast in God's kingdom. And here's the thing, you're invited, and I'm invited. We're all invited. You've been invited to eat at God's table. Now this statement, it prompts Jesus to go into another parable. And here, this is what this entire day is building towards. Both our morning and uh, Jesus' physical day, from his walk to the person's house, to his notice of how they acted at the party, to him telling a couple of different stories. It's all led up to Jesus telling this final parable at the meal. And so here we are, Luke chapter 14, and we're going to jump in starting with verse 16. Jesus replied, Certain man was preparing a great banquet, invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered Has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in, so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. And so Jesus tells this parable. And when we hear this parable, he, he unpacks this list of characters. And it's important that as we read through this, that we understand who some of these characters represent. You see, it is God who has prepared a great banquet for us. This parable could be read about eternal life, and you might read it and think that that's what it's about. But remember, uh, this banquet is about Jesus' kingdom here on earth the kingdom of heaven that's where jesus comes and establish his core values and his identity here on earth it's happening right here right now and it is all around us it's an upside down kingdom that lives by jesus's values alone and it stands in stark contradiction to the values of the world around us Here's something else we need to note about this parable. Not all who are invited come to the banquet. You might read this parable and start to place yourself in the story. That's pretty natural. You might start to hear about people making excuses and and you feel a tinge of guilt about missing coming to church or over-prioritizing other things over God. And that's okay because that's in here. But what we have to recognize is that Jesus is speaking to a specific audience. He's speaking to these Pharisees. And these Pharisees are a part of the nation of Israel. And they've been waiting for a Messiah to come for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so now Jesus stands before them, the promised king the promised messiah come to bring his kingdom here to earth and they the people of israel have been invited to be a part of this great banquet but most of them especially those who should know the best because they know the most they reject jesus they turn away from him and so while it's true here In 2023, we can become like the Pharisees, too busy, too preoccupied to accept the invitation to come and sit at the banquet that God has prepared for us. He's also pointing out to these religious leaders that everything that you've been waiting for, everything that you've been praying about, everything that you want, it's right here in front of you. You've been invited to be a part of it, and you're missing it. You're missing out on the invitation. Jesus offers an invitation, but many will reject him as king. Here's something else we need to see, and this is our big idea. All are invited to the table. When the host hears that some of his invited guests are not attending, he sends word to go out to the furthest places, wanting his house to be full. And look at the list of invites that he wants to go out. He says, go out and call the crippled, the blind, the lame. That look familiar? It's the exact group of people that Jesus told the person throwing this party that he should invite to his house the next time he has a dinner event. You see, Jesus elevates the broken. Jesus sees the hurting. And if you've come in here this morning and you walked in here and you're in pain, you feel like that nobody sees you, you feel like that you've been rejected, the good news is is that Jesus has invited you to his table. That you have a place in the kingdom of God. See, when we see ourselves in this story... While sometimes we may take that Pharisee role, what we need to recognize, what we need to understand is because of sin, and each and every one of us struggles with this, because of our sin, we are the crippled, the blind, the lame. We're not the first to be invited, no. We're those that God sends people out into the corners of the earth to bring in. Sin has left us broken and unworthy. We don't deserve an invitation to this great banquet, but God has made room for us at his table and Jesus invites us all to his table. Here is the heart of God. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. That's the call of a loving heavenly father. God has a place for you in his kingdom and he has invited you to his table. Once inside, we are a call to invite others so that God's house may be full. But there's a truth that we need to understand. Not all who are invited come to the banquet. I know we said that just a moment ago, but it needs to be reemphasized. you see? Here's what Jesus says at the end. This is his last line of this parable. I tell you that not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Who's he talking about? He's talking about those who make excuses. He's talking about those who ignore his invitation. You and I have been invited, but it's a choice. Today, we get to celebrate two people who have given their life to Jesus, who are going to be baptized in his name. And if you're here today and you've never accepted that call, you've never accepted that invitation from God, he's not going to force you. He's not going to coerce you. You've been invited to come and sit at his table, and it is a free offering. It's an invite from God to you. And so if you'd like to learn more about full life, I would love to have a conversation with you. I'd love to talk to you about what giving your life to Jesus looks like. It's amazing that we're gonna get to see two baptisms here this morning. And as we look forward to Easter, and we've been talking a lot about that, man, it's gonna be a celebration. We're planning to have baptisms on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And so if you're somebody that's been waiting You're somebody that's been struggling. Why don't you come and find me after service? You can go to the hub and tell me you wanna have a conversation. We would love to talk to you about what giving your life to Jesus looks like. Today, what I really want you to know, what I really want you to walk away with is the knowledge that you have been invited to the table of Jesus. Despite your imperfections, despite the times that you've doubted, despite the fact that maybe in the past you've rejected God, you've been invited to his table. But guess what? If you're invited, then so are they. Who are they, you may ask? Those are the ones that maybe you don't want to sit next to at the table. Those are the ones that are in the lane next to you on the highway. Those are the ones that live next door and they play their music too loud. Those are the ones that hand you your coffee every morning at Starbucks. You've been invited and so have they because we have a loving and merciful Father that wants all to come into his house so that it can be full. And if you're a follower of Jesus, our mission is to invite everyone to God's great banquet. You know, this Easter, we've been talking about it, we want to create this invitation culture. We want people inviting others into God's kingdom. And you have an opportunity because all are invited To the table. You, me, and everyone. This morning, we're gonna make a transition. And so, if you have your communion packs, I want you to grab those. And if you miss them on your way in, communion is at the tables in the back. This parable is about a banquet. where God has invited people to come around a table. And when I think banquet, I think a meal. And Jesus' last night here on earth before his crucifixion, he gathered with his 12 closest friends and he invited them to a meal. And they sat around the table and they were eating and they were sharing time together. And Jesus took two items that were a part of that meal, the bread and the juice from the cup. And he set those apart. And he said, this bread represents my body that's going to be broken for you. And this cup represents my blood that's going to be shed for you. And he created this memorial, this celebration where each and every one of us are invited to sit at God's table and to remember the sacrifice that his son Jesus made for each and every one of us. And so this morning, as you hold that bread and as you hold that cup, before you take it, I just want you to think, I want you to reflect on what God has done for you. What's your story? What's God saved you from? What's God invited you into? And so I'm gonna pray and give you some time to reflect on the gift that God has given you through his son, Jesus. And so today we remember what God has given all of us. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice that he made for each and every one of us. God, and I am so thankful that we have been invited to your table. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.